we're back. We're back, and the Dean is back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to Bass University Live. What a great uh, segment on swim bait fishing with Ryan Salzman. And, uh, you know, what a great deal. We all learned some tips and tricks. And now we're going to switch gears, guys. We got, uh, we got a champ with us tonight, fresh off a monster win with a monster bag awesome. uh, over at Major League Fishing. It was awesome to watch. So tickled that you could be with us tonight. We've got Michael Neal with us, the champ from Sam Rayburn. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, pretty good. Uh, just got over here to Monroe, Louisiana, getting ready for the first Bass Pro Tour event this week. That's that's awesome. Monroe has, uh, has Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm actually on my phone cell signal, so I kind of kind of shock it's working this good because it's pretty much out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah i know i know we were worried about it but man we were glad you you know took some time to talk with us and uh man you had a, a brilliant brilliant season last year uh you know so many amazing finishes a win and you're coming out of the gate slinging man it's gotta feel good yeah i was really kind of worried going into this year that i would even be able to come close to last year uh, so to get off to a good start, that's pretty important to me. Uh, I really didn't expect to go down there and win. Texas is a place I've never really done well before. So uh, just hoping that the momentum keeps going. I mean, this is a, a game of momentum, and it can come uh, in a bad streak just as good as it can – or just as quickly as it can go in a good streak. So just hope to keep rolling in the right direction. Well, I mean, your momentum is on your side at – what a deal. Did you, uh, when you, when you started practicing this week, did you, did you feel like you were going to be in a position that you wound up being in, or was it a surprise to you? Did it develop during the tournament? How, how did, how did things go for you? It was a total surprise after practice. I mean, if you'd have let me have 25 or 26 pounds after two days, I would have stayed on the bank and never even tried to go make the cast. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty tough. Like I, I was expecting, like I said, 12 pounds a day would be pretty good for me. And uh, the first day I had two big bites. I had a seven-pounder and a five-pounder. Wound up in fifth with 18 pounds. And then uh, day two was a little tougher, but it was crowded. I mean, there was no telling how many. Probably at least a 1,000 boats on the water that day. Wow. Us and other what? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I mean, everybody talks about pressure and on the Tennessee River and Chickamauga and Gunnersville and places like that. But until you go out in Texas and see some of those – fisheries it's unbelievable the amount of pressure they get but uh i think that's why the weights dropped off so bad that day was it a high was it? one of those what are those what? big tournaments that go on in texas that have like two thousand members uh jk do you remember the name of that those tournament trails i don't know about two thousand i mean i know bass champs does like a two or three hundred boat field i've heard that the high schoolers are doing like five and 600 boats fields in Texas. Maybe that's what Michael's talking about. Yeah, there was a high school tournament, uh, a local tournament, and then there was a tournament this next weekend that pays out 100000 that all the guys were practicing for because it's off limits mm -hmm. for the whole week. So you add all those up, and I'm oh. sure there was over a 1,000 boats out there. Good Lord. How did you even find a place to fish? It wasn't easy. I mean, anywhere you went, you you were looking at 20 to 40 boats at any given time within eyesight. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. And the conditions were tough enough as it was because, 
you know, I, I was listening to the broadcast and, uh, you know, the guys were, you were saying the lake, the lake was low. Is, is it, was it a drought situation? Is it at winter pool? Uh, what, what, why was it low? I'm really not sure. I, I know it's three to four feet low forks, like six feet low right now. So I assume it's some sort of drought situation that's going on in Texas, but I really don't know if they, cause I don't think that's normal for it to be that low this long. No, it, it was low. You could see it on a lot of the aerial footage on the broadcast. You could see how low it was. And they were also commenting that the grass was, 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 there was very little grass at Rayburn. It's like gone. Um, you know, is that yeah. what you, you, and you it didn't seem thought, like you were even fishing around the grass though. No, I didn't. But I mean, with the mild winter we had, or they've had in Texas, you would have thought there would have been a lot more grass. Um, but I, I didn't, I went into it with a game plan that I wasn't even going to mess with that. I knew that that's where the vast majority of the boats were going to wind up all on top of each other, just because it, it was so limited. Um, so I pretty much just wrote that off before I ever even got there. Well, yeah. so, so what did you do? What were the, what were the fish doing? What did you figure out during the tar tournament? Was it like isolated targets? Was there just fish roaming on hard spots? Like, how do you combat, like going the other way and you know not fishing the grass out there so i started out fishing the drains um or ditches that's i mean that's what i relate them to from home we don't call them drains but in texas that's what they call them and right. the fish started out in 18 to 25 feet of water uh kind of in the centers of them out towards the mouth and as the tournament progressed or even as a, a day progressed and the sun got up they would kind of filter up on the side to some of those isolated pieces of cover mm -hmm. And as the tournament went on, that's how I wound up catching them on the jerk bait was either in the back of a drain where it flattened out around some sort of isolated piece of cover or just up on the side, uh, roaming close to that break. Yeah, the, the, the ditches were everything. And you were, uh, I mean, it was all about forward facing sonar. Uh, you know, you were, you were picking those guys off. It was, it's pretty, I mean, we've seen this before now, you know, but somehow right. you managed to do better than the rest the field they were all trying to do the same thing had you know how did you how did you wind up uh outperforming the field i think i stayed a lot more main lake than everybody else did mm. uh, i think a lot of the guys were still fishing somewhat close to the grass um in those heavily populated areas your beach basin five fingers harvey creek places like that that are always so known for that shallow grass bite and i stayed just out on the main lake not looking not looking for the the real obvious drains either i was looking for the more subtle ones the not as big ones um just smaller ones that were kind of out of the way i gotcha well i gotta see i gotta take you to to the moment i watched uh i watched you catch that goliath um giant giant fish um did you did you ever put that fish on this well i guess you did at the final i mean we were talking i was looking at it i'm like that's got to be 10 pounds did it, did it go 10 pounds? It was eight, nine. I thought it was like 10 when I caught it, but it's been so long since I've seen one that big. I, once they get over six, I, I can't tell if they're seven or 12. So I was just happy to have it. That's all I knew. Yeah. No kidding. The, when they get that big, man, they're, 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 they're hard to ID. There's no doubt about it. And, the the uh, New Jersey scale for that huge. is like three and a half. And you're like, is this a six or a seven? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you catch you catch anything over three and a half on the delaware and you're like man is this an eight giant yeah. <laughs> well it's uh it, 
it was cool to see you catch that fish and you were you were doing what uh man it's just amazing that it seems like in that i guess in that early season and a lot of different seasons that when you're when you're using forward facing sonar that that suspending jerk bait is just man it's it, it's been the best way to win uh to trigger those strikes when you see them yeah it's just something that that is a reaction to them they think it's a dying shad and and with the forward facing sonar it's something i've been saying since this week started was it's almost like a, a bed fish each time you get around a group of fish or a fish with that jerk bait they've all kind of got a little bit different temperament it's not just one cadence that will trigger each one of them to bite it's not one bait that you could flip in a bed and get each fish to bite each one's a little bit different they, they got their own personality some of them you got to let it sit for two or three seconds and then they'll they'll take the slack out of your line and bite it or some of them you have to speed it up really fast and then just kill it uh, one of them I caught I just uh, a slow steady twitch for like 20 seconds and it finally bit it. so I mean each one was a little bit different you just kind of got to figure out what they want to get them to bite I could see you changing uh and and like you know I saw several guys in the top 10 that weren't fishing that way you know they were even like they were um you know up on the riprap jerk baiting and and just going down the 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 bank with a with a standard cadence but you're you, man oh man like bed fishing is a great way to describe it because that looked like what you were doing at times it seemed like you were just twitching the line just to make the bait quiver yeah like i mean if i had a, a way to do it i would just let my boat float with the wind and just keep my trolling motor pointed at them with that active target just to just to keep it in front of them for as long as i could i mean i had a lot of them that would never bite they'd chase it all the way to the trolling motor and would never even offer at it but the ones that did uh you had to really trigger them into it it wasn't easy yeah mike michael you're you're now on kind of a streak right you ended the season <laughs> with a bang you started it out on top i mean we've seen you knocking at the door lately like for the past few years you know man michael just got second he almost ran down so and so he he got fourth or third. Like you've been, you've been really knocking at the door, and we've gotten to see you on TV a lot. I'm going to take this another way. Congratulations on on all the success. But what kind of fisherman are you? I see a different rod and lure in your hand almost every time we see you. So it's not like, oh, he's a jerkbait guy. Oh, he's a forward facing sonar guy. Oh, he's a like. What's your wheelhouse? Or is it just you're just a versatile guy who just open to everything. Yeah, whatever comes at. You. I, yeah, I mean, I've gotten that way, but if I still had to pick one, it's going to be, you know, offshore ledge fishing or something like mm -hmm. that, just from growing up on Tennessee River. That's what I always like to do. And then when Chickamauga started getting grass in it, I started fishing that, started throwing a vibrating jig a lot. Um, so that's, that's what I consider probably my secondary strength uh, is just chunking and winding, covering water. But uh, that's something that I struggled with early in my career is I always wanted to make them bite a way that I wanted to fish and anymore like I, I'll catch them however they they got to be caught I don't really care I'm not going to be upset if I have to throw a spinning rod or if I have to crank or have to throw a jerk bait any of that's really fine with me anymore wow what, what you you use forward-facing sonar to win this tournament um Absolutely. How, how how did you do that like uh 
like guys that are watching this and they're they're getting this for the first time this year or they're trying to figure out how to get good at it. How did you get good at it? Crappie fishing was how I got really honed into it. Um, it's the and, crappie I mean, got, fishermen. They got this thing dialed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're you're throwing little tiny baits, um, mm-hmm. you know, 16th to 8th ounce heads most of the time, two-inch baits. So when you get your unit dialed in to where you can see that thing out there 40 to 60 feet, then you know you got your settings right. And you start playing with that, and you, you're seeing the crappie, you're seeing the difference between the crappie and a brush pile or a dock piling or a lay-down tree. So you're differentiating between fish and structure. And once you start doing all that, then you can start bass fishing with it and just really expand on it from there. I mean, but getting your settings right, doing something like that, looking at something you know what it is, that's the best start. What What are your settings? Do you, do you adjust them? based on the lake or depth or do you have a like a standard palette that you use what are your settings uh honestly this was my first one with the active target i broke my boat in like a week before i got to rayburn uh didn't even have a rod with me and then i just started with it out there at rayburn so um it, i adjust the contrast just a little bit with the lawrence i bumped it up a little bit i left it on the standard palette uh, and everything else the lawrence seemed like it was very um user friendly very plug and play there wasn't a whole lot of tweaking that had to be done with it what what like you 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 landed on a jerk bait did you like throw like a neko rig at these fish or a jig or a crankbait or uh any other tools and you could see them moving away is, is that why you landed on a jerk bait as the tool they would run from a drop shot towards the end of the tournament that's what i Come started on. throwing um that's what i actually caught the first ones on and for whatever reason like i mean if you saw a fish by a piece of cover and you led with a drop shot you could throw land right on his head and you'd see him swim away but if you'd come back to that same piece of cover and throw a jerk bait over the top of it he'd come right up and look at it every time they'd never run from it that's funny that i caught go ahead go ahead no a lot of them i caught weren't even on it's funny because I always run from a drop shot too. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of the fish I caught weren't even on any kind of structure either. They were just using that as a funnel, as a highway to get to wherever their next destination was, up closer to somewhere they're going to spawn, and they were just swimming. So trying to throw something slow or even making casts without seeing the fish almost seemed like it was a bad idea because you had to land on them quick or you, you couldn't tell which way they were going, or they'd be gone off your screen in just a couple seconds. So it was almost like sitting there waiting for schooling fish, just holding my rod in my hand, trolling around, looking for them. So yeah. you, you said, I'm getting a lot of clues here. You're talking about Main Lake. You started off with a drop shot, ended up winning with a jerk bait. Um, so I'm guessing you're fishing pretty clear water uh, when, you, when you won this thing. Is that, is that the case? It wasn't super clear. Um, like on my drop shot, I was throwing 10 pound sunline sniper. So, I mean, it wasn't clear enough where I felt like line size was a big deal. And I'd say at the most, the visibility was two feet. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that clear at all. Wow. So what color jerkbait were you throwing? I, I was throwing, uh, I threw three different ones. So I had some places that were as shallow as five feet deep on the, on the bottom. Some of them were as deep as 12 or 14, where I'd actually have to put suspend strips on a jerk bait to weight it down. 
And then I threw a Spro Mix stick also, just depending on the depth. And then that one I threw Blue Bandit, which is kind of a transparent blue, but it's not super clear either. And it's got a chartreuse stripe right. on the side. Right. All right. So this is great. So we're talking two foot of clarity. And that to me, that's kind of got a good stain to it. And we're talking jerk baits. And he started out with a drop shot. So tell us your opinion, your experience. I know we've we've talked to some of our instructors about this and everybody's got a little bit different opinion, but how dirty is too dirty to throw the jerk bait? It's <laughs> a good question, JK. Yeah, I don't know that there is such a thing uh, with forward-facing sonar anymore because you can oh, land yeah. literally within a foot or two of that fish every time. Um, that's I mean, a shad's not going to change colors. Do what? Sorry, you. so you're saying you just need to get right on top of them. You're not drawing them out. You need to throw right on top of that fish. Right, that's what I try and do with it. I try and get it as close to his nose as I can just to uh, get his attention. But I mean, now that being said, if it's, you know, six inches of visibility, I'm probably not even going to try and throw a jerk bait. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there, there are some limitations, but if it's, if it's a time where, uh, I mean, you're, you can get away with a white and you don't have to throw chartreuse and white or something like that, just because of the clarity or red, then I think you're going to be fine. Mm. Man, that changes the whole complexion of the situation about, you know visibility you know because you're trying to throw right on you know you're seeing the fish you're throwing to them so being able to draw that fish from a distance doesn't matter as much and 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 that's that's a huge deal are, are you the the key is and and i hear this a lot i heard it from everybody on this show is got to land on their nose like you're not sneaking up on their tail throwing behind them you're you're trying to get out in front of them or as close to the, their nose as possible at least that's what i heard is that what you were doing yeah i don't know that you can necessarily tell which way they're facing on active target but i mean you can mm. tell if they're if they're moving you can tell which direction they're headed but i just try and get it as close to them i mean even if you've got a bait that's silent and you've got hooks on it and split rings when you jerk it they're going to rattle a little bit they're going to feel the vibration come off of it but, I mean, I did notice at Rayburn, like, for instance, if you were at a Table Rock or a Smith Lake or something with that kind of visibility, you don't have to get near as close to them as you do at, a, at like, a Sam Rayburn or even a Tennessee River Reservoir. Um, I mean, if you were if you missed it by two or three feet, he would not come look at it. But if you got it within two or three feet of it, he was going to come see what it was. Wow. Man, I, I mean, me, we're all tournament guys. We're upset. We're uh, dominating the, the questions here because yeah. <laughs> we're fascinated with this win. But uh, I want to throw it over to Riz because I know we got guys watching on BashU. And, uh, you know, I want I want to let them have at you a little bit, Michael, and uh, ask some questions to you about what they, uh, they want to know about forward-facing sonar in this big win. Yeah, so uh, the first question I'm going to bring in is from uh, Rich Chambers, and Rich is going to win himself a Gills Gear $25 gift card for this question. And, uh, I mean, it's the it's the question of all questions when it comes to forward-facing sonar. How do you know when to leave fish that simply just won't bite? How long yeah. do you spend on fish that you can see, but, man, they just won't cooperate? The same amount of time, the simple answer to that is the same amount of time as I did before I had it. 
Um, that's not always easy to do, and a lot of guys get caught up in, in trying to make those fish bite. But I, a lot of fishing is just timing. And if you're there at the wrong time when the fish don't want to feed, there's often uh, a lot of times where you cannot do anything any different to make them bite. So just the best thing to do is act like it's not there, and when you're ready to go, go ahead and pick up some motor and leave and come back to them later. What, 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 uh, when you see it on forward facing, like, uh, you know, what makes that call for you? Like, you, you're like, okay, well, they're, I even thought I thought you, I thought I heard you say that, like, there's a big one behind me, but he just won't bite. Um, was that you that said that on live? I thought it was you. It probably was. I mean, I had a lot of them chase it, but, and, and with the fish that would chase your bait, if they chased it off that piece of structure, it would take them 20 or 30 minutes to go back. Ooh. So that's what I would do is I, is I would let them regroup. Uh, same thing as fishing, um, you know, like offshore, offshore, offshore school on the Tennessee River. Yeah. When they're done biting or you've pulled the school off, same thing with smallmouth up north. You've got to let them regroup, reposition. Then you can come back maybe at a little bit different angle, give them a little bit different option, a little bit different look, and get those fish to bite. Man, that's amazing. Now, with like before forward facing, we would have to guess. Like, all right, did I leave that rest enough time for the fish to come back? But now you know. Now you know twenty or thirty minutes is long enough, or or it's not long enough using the forward facing. Right. God, what an asset! What an asset! What, what yeah, and what, actually changing, changing the game. Yeah, actually, the place that I started and caught them, I, I had four that weighed 16. And one of them was an eight-pounder. And I went back to that place two more times throughout the day, and I never saw another bass. So they left, and they never came back. You hmm. you were abusive to that population of fish, Michael, and they weren't putting up with it. I guess so. They'd had enough. <laughs> Do you feel like they were really big? And they were just hard to to, to bite because they were just really big and smart. I mean, I think that has something to do with it. Uh, like I said, the pressure there. I think that, um, I mean, finesse fishing is becoming more and more prevalent, even in your big fish fisheries like that. And I think that's why they got to running from the drop shot because there were so many people struggling to catch five, and that's what they would would go and rely on. And I think they see that so many times, and, and then the gig's finally over. Or they get caught on it, and then they, they kind of remember it for a while. And, yeah, I think a lot of it is that, that – and that's why the jerkbait seems to work so well is because it's still so natural to them. Yeah. Well, props to Michael for being willing to change throughout the years and, and learn new things as they change the trends. Um, you know – not taking anything away from you, but you're certainly not the first forward-facing sonar win. You know, we, we saw Connell last year. We saw Patrick Walters do the, the deal at Fork. Uh, we've seen it in some other tournaments, obviously. So we'd be foolish to say that he, he was the only guy being, you know, using forward-facing sonar throwing a jerkbait at this tournament. So what was the ace in the hole? Was it the area? Did you just find or figure out what those big, hard-to-catch fish, you know, and where, where they were living and just kind of rotate them? I think it was just that the fish changed as the tournament progressed. Mm -hmm. um, on day one, 
like I, I had a bunch of bites in the morning on, on the drop shot out there deeper. And then as the day went on, the bites really, I mean, screeched to a halt. And then I, I started seeing that they had moved up on those places. And then day two, that was even more prevalent. I, I didn't have a limit to like two o'clock, but I wanted to stay out deep just to make sure that I got five and got a good check and got out there with some good points. And then I had two hours left to fish. Like I said, it had been really crowded that day. I was fortunate that I had a 445 weigh-in, so I had a couple hours where most of the boats were gone, and I could go out there and move around a little easier, and I figured out what was going on, caught two four-pounders in those last two hours, and that's what even got me into the top ten. Right. And now you guys are doing it like the old FLW days, right? You're zeroing the weights. Zeroed out. We didn't get to see the third day because you you guys had a cancellation. So what's that going to be like? Are you guys just zeroing for the final day this year for the Tackle Warehouse Tour? Yeah, it's so three days uh, cumulative weight defines the top ten, and then everybody starts from scratch on day four. How do you like? Let me ask. Let let me dive in there because (laughs) this was a tournament you've been fishing where you know what everybody else has and you didn't know. Um, so how did that affect you uh, in your, your competition here? Uh, obviously catching an eight and a half pounder helps you feel confident <laughs> in what you got going on. But uh, did, did, did it change the way you made decisions and make you feel better or worse? Not knowing uh, how, what was that experience like for you? I find myself wondering uh, all year last year fishing the pro circuit also what everybody else has just to know if the fish are biting or not if you're on the wrong pattern and that's that's something score tracker a lot of guys let it get in their head but if you'll just let it be what it is and you can use it as a tool so if everybody else is catching them and you're not that means one of two things it's either area or the technique that you're using so Mm -hmm. if you just use that as a basis to go off of but when when you're fishing the pro circuit you have no idea what anybody has. So I felt okay after I caught that eight pounder. I felt like I had a good shot, but that <laughs> certainly wasn't enough to get me in there. And then I got to 21 pounds. I knew that was the biggest bag of the week, but I still felt like, I mean, you're in Texas. Anybody can catch a nine, 10 pounder. And then that really boosts your bag. So I didn't even feel good until I got to the way in and beached it on the bank and found out what everybody else had. I I really wasn't sure that I was even in contention up until that point. Yeah, that's, that's, that, I think I would kick Scorch Tracker out of the boat because that make me nuts just <laughs> listening to them other guys catch those fish. I can't, I, I, but it was, it was really, it was really cool, really cool to see a, a dominate there. And, um, and I was just curious about that because you didn't know, you know, but what was an eight pounder? You got to know. Riz, I'm going to throw it to you because I know we got a lot of IM questions from our group. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the next question I'm going to go to is from uh, our buddy Stefan Walden. Um, and he says, uh, now that you've had time to think about it after the event, do you think there are other baits that you could have used to catch those fish? Mm. Yeah, I think you could. Um, and like Pete said earlier, something like a Nico rig or something that had a little bit slower fall than the drop shot I was using. I was using one with a three-eighths weight just to, to hurry up and get down to the bottom. Um, but I think something like that that would have stayed in the strike zone a little longer on those fish probably could have been pretty good. Um, but as far as any other 
I try to swim bait quite a bit. I caught one fish on it uh, the second day. And I would have thought going into it that that would have been something that could have got some big bites doing that. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to do that. It was like it was just a, pretty much strictly a reaction uh, to get them to bite. Great question, Stephen. What else you got, Riz? You got another question for us from the group? Good here. <laughs> Sorry about that, Richard. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the uh, next question is going to be from uh, Sean Lay. And Sean Lay wants to know, Mike, what lake are you looking forward to most to fish this year? Uh, probably Watts Bar. And it's not not for a home field advantage, but just because I get to stay at home. That's nice. one of the lakes on the Tennessee River that I've got the least experience on. I haven't even fished up there. Last time I remember fishing up there in the summertime, I was 17, I think. So 13 years ago, but... Uh, anytime a, a Tennessee river, like I said, I'm still one of those offshore type guys and, uh, I've got great roommates that are trying to mess with me now, with this dog, but <laughs> anything <laughs> offshore like that, I'm going to look forward to. So Tennessee river at watch bar for the Bass Pro tour in June. Nice. And, uh, the next one is going to be from Ryan W and, uh, he wants to know if there was one modification that you could recommend someone try on their jerk baits, what would that modification be? Um, make sure that you're using light line to get the, get the action out of the bait and don't be afraid to use, um, something like suspend strips or suspend dots or something to weight it down to either one, make sure it's suspending. If you've got one that's not going to suspend all the time or two, get it just a little bit deeper than everybody else. Great, great questions. Uh, great answers. And we're going to do a pro panels with JK here in just a minute. Um, JK, do you think, do you think, uh, Michael would want to participate in your pro panel question? Certainly we can certainly let him go, but I I'd like to at least, um, no, I'd like to know what it is, especially knowing that he's from Chickamauga. It's a perfect uh, pros panel. So I've got about, I don't know, 10 or 12 guys that I, that I paneled for, you know, all professional guys who are instructors and great to get back with me on this. Um, well, question, before, Michael, before you okay. do that, before you go into it, uh, we're going to, we're going to ask you to hang around to, to go, go or answer our pro panels question, but what's going on at Chickamauga right now? Uh, you're, you're bit, you're busy down there. I mean, uh, it's winter time, you know, things are about to bust loose. What's the status of Chickamauga? They just had a BFL there this weekend. Uh, it took 23 pounds to win, which was a little bit off, but there was super cold conditions. They actually had to postpone it today because the ramp was freezing up. It was like 17 degrees on Saturday morning, and uh, they've been dropping the water a lot. It's not been very stable, and January has never been really great for Chickamauga. Uh, the fish are still in their wintertime mode, and then when they start pulling up in February, Middle of February through the end of March is when you see your biggest stringers of the year. Um, that's when they're going to start getting on the, the lipless bite and what grass is growing, um, the jerkbait bite, the umbrella rig bite. Those three are your, your biggest players for those two months for sure. Yeah. What's your what's your best-selling best baits in your shop? Um, a red lipless bait is one. Uh, <laughs> a jackhammer and what would be a third one uh i mean those are the top two for sure 
it's great. It's great shop. We I visited there and lucky enough to fish down there. And, uh, you know, I, you know, it was great win. I'm going to send it to you now, JK. Let's go to the pro panel and uh, let's, let's start with Michael. See what he wants. See what his answer is to this question. I have no idea what the question is. <laughs> the, the question for the Bashu live pros panel tonight was uh, inspired by Michael. He made a comment after he caught that giant, what we know now to be an eight pound, nine ounce fish. Uh, he, he said, and I know he, he was getting excited in the moment, but he said, that might be the biggest fish I've ever caught. Right. Yes. I wanted to know what is the biggest bass you ever caught in a tournament and what did you catch it on? Mine was a nine pounder and uh, nine even at Lake Okeechobee in an FLW tour event in 2013. And it was on the chatterbait. So I, I wasn't far off with that one. And that fish, like, it had been a while since I'd caught an eight pounder. So I was pretty shocked at that one. Wow. Nine pounds. <laughs> that's yep, that's that, it. That, I, I mean, a lot of guys are surprised that I've never caught a 10, um, just being from Chickamauga. But I don't. I hardly ever fish at home. Last time I made a cast on Chickamauga was June in the Bass Pro Tour tournament. So oh. don't spend near as much time out there as I used to. Mm. Uh, it's 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 amazing, Lake. And I got to be honest, I'm thinking about this answer to this question, J.K. And it's surprising to me uh, that I caught a seven pounder. That's the biggest fish I've ever weighed in in a, in, in a tournament. And you'll never, well, you're not going to guess where it came from, but um, it came from Lake Russell, right down the street from your house. Stop it, man. We used to have bigs over there back in the day. Yep. It was a seven plus pounder flipping a tube on on a blowdown tree in the early spring and pre-spawn. Wow. Uh, long, long time ago. Caught, it seems like I've caught several, you know, sixes over the years lots of sixes but i, I don't know I, I don't think i've ever weighed an eight pounder in the tournament i haven't either mine's a 713 in a bfl regional uh top water mop mop jig you heard that right <laughs> Just i don't burn, i don't believe the audience heard that correctly a top water mop jig a top water mop jig she came up out of the air man all Burning. 17 of her she came completely out of the water on it and she missed yeah. it and it took me 11 more casts. I was co-angler in that tournament, you know, 11 more casts. She waked right back over and got it. It was a magical fish. I probably wouldn't even know you if I uh, didn't catch that fish, Pete. Wow. Yep. That's, there's a long story that we won't dive into about that, but yeah. How about that shit? It, 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 the time space continuum. So yep. butterfly yeah. effect. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael, well, I, I just want to thank yeah. you. Thank you for, uh, hanging with us you know we want to get you as a bash university instructor we got to get this done yeah we need to well we'll be in <laughs> touch and uh you know want to wish you best the rest of the season congratulations you you've got the best start of anybody this year yep. so you're sitting in the catbird seat it's got to feel good appreciate you coming and spending some time with us yes sir thank y'all for having me on cheers and to I you mike appreciate all, all your buddies in the background not wearing bikinis <laughs> as they walk behind you and give you a hard time. Yeah, that probably break the camera. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do something too dumb. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you have a great yeah, night. So there's, have a great rest there's of Andy. Yeah. We'll be watching. There he is. <laughs> is that is that Andy Montgomery or Morgan? Which one we got? Morgan. Oh, Andy Morgan. Okay, okay. Andy Morgan and Russ Lane. Old, old tall glass of water. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm still waiting on that invite to go to go bow hunting on the farm. By the way, Andy. Yeah. Oh, he can't hear you. I got the AirPods. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Hey. And turn the camera around before he does something too bad back there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you. And, and best of luck this season, buddy. All right. Thank you. Michael Neal, the champ. Thanks, yes, Mike. Winner. Starting off with a bang. Yeah. Unreal. What a good deal. There, Andy, Andy Morgan's another one that we need to talk to, JK. I didn't know yeah. that's who that was. He's elusive, man. Straight up, Andy Morgan is an elusive dude. You'd see him back there chewing on chewing on straw, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't even know if he has if he has a, uh, a a normal phone. I think Gerald Swindle told me that he had a flip phone. You know, he's he's, <laughs> he's good for him. Right yeah, right. <laughs> I hear that. Oh, I love it. I love I, it. I was going to bring it up, but I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't. But I was thinking. We're talking about uh, earlier, Pete. We were talking about uh, the whole score tracker thing getting in your head, and I just, man, would that be an amazing prank if uh, MLF would get it together and do something like this? But like, set it up where everybody's in on it, but one guy, and just pummel the score tracker with updates of the entire field, <laughs> but that one guy. You know what I mean? Like that would be fantastic. Yeah, there'd yeah. be some guys who couldn't handle that. Like, no. Yeah. They would come apart at the seams. Oh like, man, it would be so. Would not be able to make a cast. God, that would be good. <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like Brian the Carpenter. They they put the boat on the trailer at noontime. <laughs> I Go mean, to you know, yeah. I mean, you know, we're hungry. The fish ain't biting. The, you know, the, the writing's on the wall. Uh, apparently, apparently, the whole tournament's on schooling fish right now. Catching them every cast. Like, <laughs> like you know what? All right, you guys got that. I'm gonna go get that. Like, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I'm gonna get mozzarella sticks and and beers. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of here. Bloody Marys, uh, baby. That's well, awesome. To uh, continue on with this pros panel, yes, Pete. So we've had three answers from you, me, and, and Michael. I want you to write them down if you got if you got it handy, because what I want you to do is come back with me on the theme of if you notice a theme. I think you're going to notice it. I notice it. I think it's incredibly apparent on big giant tournament bass these are these guys they've all fished hundreds of tournaments and it's their biggest tournament bass so michael said chatterbait yours what did you say a uh, tube flipping a tube flipping a tube well and then uh and mine was a jig mop jig so i i i, I contacted about like half west coast guys because i thought we'd hear some crazy answers and I, and I contacted some, you know, guys east of the Mississippi, too. But let's just go ahead and, and start uh, our pal John Murray. His biggest tournament bass ever, 13 pounds even, in an Arizona lake and 40 feet on a Carolina rig six-inch lizard. What? 40 feet deep. 40 feet. 
40 feet. How big? 13 pounds even. Good Lord. But I want you to take note of all the baits. I want, to, I want, to, I want you to notice the trend. Oh, by the way, JK, for everybody watching, yeah. still got that $50 uh, uh, True Bass Swim Baits giveaway on Facebook. Like and share. And uh, on the website, it's at least $100. So hang in there, man. It's coming. Like this, share us. Wait. Share us on on the on those channels, fellas. Yep. GDP, our own GDP. St. John's River, bed fishing, eight pounds, fifteen ounces with a drop shot, morning dawn rope horn. Now how about that? Yep. Picked it off with an old drop shot. Not surprised on the on the drop shot. All right, so it's a bed fish. That's understandable. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, our pal like Salzman, who who qualified for the BPT fishing boat tours, like Salzman, uh, Clavion Johns, has a nine pounder out of Lake Seminole on a red eye shad, lipless crankbait. That's his biggest in a tournament. Um. Wesley Strader out of Santee Cooper, kissing 10. Hadn't had a 10. There's another Chickamauga local that doesn't have a 10-pounder in a tournament. Spinnerbait. Uh, pounds, 15 ounces on a 5-8-ounce flipping jig. It was a green pumpkin and brown jig with a root beer-colored big salty. Ooh. I love when the guys give me the like the colors. It, it was a monumental fish. What was the weight on it? Nine pounds, 15 ounces, almost wow. 10 pounds. Wesley, Dude, I the, the, the Waymaster, the Waymaster should have given them 10 pounds. Come on, man. I think everybody, everybody should get that extra ounce when they need it, you know? So uh, this just in from Salzy uh, via text. He's jumping in with us. I really appreciate when uh, guys are watching and, and want to, uh, when the pros are watching and want to send me stuff. So uh, his biggest is an 815 Ooh. on Toho on a prop bait. All right. That's pretty cool. That's right. Freaking prop. Top water. <laughs> that's rad, dude. That's rad. Thanks for that. So we added him to the list. Uh, Patrick Walters, he couldn't remember. Uh, he had multiple nine pounders. In tournaments, he hasn't eclipsed 10. Multiple nine-pounders, all on a Texas rig worm. Ooh, really? Yeah, really. I, well, well, I mean, we're not talking about a Senko. We're talking about a worm. Yeah, like a like probably a – he's he didn't get specific with me, so I'm going to guess like an old monster. Okay. Maybe, you know, an 8 to 10-inch, 12-inch worm, something like that. He's fishing Santee Cooper a lot, so right. I'm sure – I'm sure that's, you know, something they flip in the summertime or uh, springtime around those trees and stuff. Uh, Scott Suggs, the million dollar man. He had a 10.25, a 10 and a quarter on a Texas rig worm. Hmm. Now, this one's cool. I got a, I got a picture, picture to share for this one. Fred Rumbanis. Frog. Another 13 even, 13 even, out of the California Delta. And he sent me this picture. Drop shot? No. <laughs> Look at that thing. It's hard to tell. Woo. Can you see that? Yep. 
young Freddie, part of a 37 pound bag on the Delta 13 pound kicker on a Texas rig brush hog. Mm. John Cruz. We all saw it. He was talking about it. He was sight fishing this tournament, but this was a blind cast with a wacky rig yeah. and his line was running off while he was looking at, you know, up the bank, looking for beds. And all of a sudden his lines way out in the middle, 11 pounds, two ounces on a wacky rig. Oof. Missile 48. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty cool. St. John's. Oh, the spin That's, a first, that's the first sign of a Senko style bait BTC. Might be. Yeah. Yep. It took is. a while. That's the first one on this list. First one so far. Round of applause, yep. everybody. <laughs> Ish Monroe, he's got two 10-pound, 14-ounce fish are his biggest. First one was at Clear Lake, and he was flipping, and this was in a red man before the BFL days. They were the red mans. And he had a 3-8-ounce purple flipping jig on Clear Lake to catch a 10-14. And his second Why one it was at Toledo. Huh? No, go ahead. His second one, he was pitching and flipping on Toledo Bend on a, with a Texas rig, six-inch green pumpkin lizard. I remember uh, him missing Goliath fish. What was that, that Amistad or yeah, Falcon? The big, the big tube. Yeah. yeah. That giant one that he said was like 15 pounds. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, that Ish has had some heartbreak moments caught on. I mean, he caught some giants that tournament. I, I think he either won or got second that tournament, but he's had some giants heartbreaks. Last mm. year, the BPT, he went straight to uh, what he was saying was a 12 to 14 pound fish on bed in one of those North Carolina lakes. I think it was Jordan. The one that uh, we fished, yep. and uh, was it Jordan? Yeah, and he and he hooked it on a destroyer, you know, sight fishing, and it got off. Threw his bait right back at him. Yeah, Wabat. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think it's still affecting the universe. Him. Slapped it right back at him. He was still mm. in a mood when I talked to him about it today. About it. So <laughs> we're still talking about so, this, right? Two more. We got two more. JT Kenny's in a tournament now. These are all tournament fish. Let's not forget about these. These aren't just big fish. JT Kenny weighed in a 9-11 punching a BB cricket. Oh, man. Oh, do you guys even remember that? Yeah, they still work. You got to th- you gotta take them to Florida in case the cold comes, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, that was like before that was the original beaver style bait, right? It was, it was like before the beavers, right? Yeah. yeah. The BB cricket. Yep. All right. Okay. And Jared Lentner, I knew this one would be good. I, I I figured I think I had heard this story. You know, Lentner's moved around the house now, so I get to see him more. So I get to hear more stories. But uh this was part of a trip that uh in the same tournament now keep in mind he had like 30 something pounds in this clear lake tournament and didn't win aaron martins won it but it was it was a bed fishing tournament he caught a 17 pounder not bed fishing what what 
he caught a 17 pounder. He was not sight fishing, but it was hooked outside the mouth. Oh. California law says you have to throw that fish back anyways, regardless oh. of the- oh. so to return his biggest bass ever to the lake. And now this wasn't on bed, so it's not like it could just swim back to the bed and he could keep fishing. No. He said the same tournament he pulled in and Aaron Martins was across the way had a seven pound or eight pound male and like a 12 or 13 pounder on bed caught um the male released it so the female would stay there caught the seven to eight pound male released it so the female could stay there catches the female which is like 13 or something then catches the seven or eight pound male again oh my god he said it's the most epic insane tournament day and a few of them took part in it and and it was crazy but Ultimately, Jared uh, won big bass. He didn't win the tournament, but he won big bass. And he won it with a 1485. The same day that he had to release the 17, he caught a 1485. He won a trip to El Salto with the big bass. Wow. What year was this? Huh? This is clear, like, back in, like, the glory days. Yeah. Guys were just before the internet. Too much fun, wow. and uh, and and he caught it. Pete, flip that five rig, Texas rig tube, five inch tube, uh, bed fishing. I had to tell that story. Way too cool of a story um, that Jared had. He was he was driving to the Louisiana event, so he didn't uh, he didn't text me back. He called me and just went straight into it, and I just was like Brian right there, just yeah. befuddled. Mm, that's so BTC. The moral of this story is, if you want to catch the biggest bass of your life, put down the glide baits and pick up a Texas rig. <laughs> well, you're talking about fishing a tournament. Oh, I am. Oh, that's right. The this is Bass University, is not Tournament bass. University, Pete. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's Ooh. like... I, uh-oh. I, I, uh-oh. Love, I love the strategy of going out to not catch fish. That's so fun. <laughs> BTC. I'm, I'm good. I'm not red in the face. <laughs> 10 out of like 14 submissions on soft. Yeah. Right on. You can't argue yeah. with the results. No, my biggest it's is on a, on a worm. It's good stuff. You know, that's a great response. JK. I mean, uh, what a neat deal. You know, so many, uh, man it takes me back to the old Bassmaster magazine days where they'd always panel like three guys and hit them with a bunch of questions and that's mm-hmm. just the you know i always think about what are my favorite you know pieces of that growing up and i just my favorite were those you got so much information i didn't have the internet you know so i couldn't wait to see what the next magazine brought me yep. you know when i was when i was a youth you so i was yeah. a youth Ute. Yep. Did you say Ute? Ute. When I was a youth. Hey, man, how, the, uh, how fantastic was Salzman's uh, everything tonight? Yeah, Salzman, man. Props. Thanks for going. And he had so us. much more to, to, to dive into, too. You know? Yeah. Round two. Right up, we, we sat, him, sat him up a second time, though. Oh, I mean. For sure. He's, he's one of those guys you want to bring back on. That was great, great content yeah. i learned 
I'm going to throw a scrounger this year. That scrounger, you know, gosh, I have so many of those heads and I've played with them. It just doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, it feels weird. It does. I've caught one bass on it, Kentucky Lake, six pounder. It like lumbers <laughs> in your hand. It's like a go boom, 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 boom. It's not, it, it's just such a subtle, like lumbering feel resistance. Mm. I don't know. It, it, you know, from it didn't, you know, I, I, and of course, I've not caught fish with it yet, you know, but it's interesting. But I love it, Riz. Like when you're dealing in the grass and you're battling the chatterbait guys, I mean, this is the same style of motion. Yeah. But it's more subtle. It's a yeah. lot more it's, subtle. It's interesting. Well, and it's, it's something that hasn't, you know, like it's something that they've successfully kept quiet because we all know Jason Lambert has made so much money on the Tennessee River on that scrounger with the jerky jay. Aaron Martins has made so much money with the scrounger. Scrounger, Dustin Connell. If you ask them to come on the show to talk about a scrounger, you'd probably say no. You know, <laughs> like there are so many guys who, it's yep. it's their wheelhouse. It's a part of their arsenal, and they know when to pick it up. You know, yep. like me and Pete, we probably don't know when to pick it up. We could figure out how to fish it right, but like, dude, I think that thing probably shines in some times of year that we're not thinking. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's one of those that has to be explored yep as well as the the chatterbait uh pulling the skirt off and putting a plastic on it right uh you know that's such a you know it's been a factor for a long time but we talked about it again tonight guys aren't talking about it you know guys have done it with buzz baits they pull the skirt off they're putting the horny toad on or 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 some type of subtle swim bait Yep. And, and you know, guys aren't talking about it with the chatterbait, you know, Pete, back to, uh, back to the scrounger real quick. Um, the first ever bass caught on Ike's old TV show, city limits. The first episode, he caught that fish on a scrounger. Wow. No I kidding. know I was there. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I was supposed wow. to be the guest for that show for everybody watching that doesn't know this story. Yeah, you know, I was supposed to be the guest on the first ever episode of City Limits. I ended up in the camera boat all day as we were trying to figure it out, and it just never happened. And then, you know, ended up on the cutting room floor. So, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> never did get in the boat, Mike. So, I remember um, Aaron teaching us that and watching it and learning about it and taking it out and trying to make it work. And, uh, it just, I, I just couldn't figure it out, you know? Uh, so I, I wind up putting it down, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it, great little technique, but they've decided to power it up. Now they're using it on the ledges, they're right. using it with the big baits. Uh, there's a lot of options there, you know, it's interesting. It works dirty water too. The Tennessee river stained water. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's not just a finesse deal. You have the small, compact finesse deal that Aaron taught us with the little skinny flukes and soft mm-hmm. jerk type stuff. And then you're right, it got bigger and the thumps got bigger. And now it's working. You know, I, I'm going to use it. You know, I, I, I've, it's, it's a part of my, I had like four or five things that I said I would try to make peace with this year. Yeah. And the scrounger is one of them, especially that o- oversized one. 
that that was definitely. really that was really cool how uh Salzy was like trimming the bill and finessing it out learn yeah. from Aaron Martins in essence yeah and I've got so many of them I've bought so many of them and they're all tainted they're like dark <laughs> and they started they started to collect color and it's like man i don't want to throw that yeah yeah it starts gets that picked, little purple he, on it from the from the purple worm that melted into it yeah but it but he picks up his and it's like just like i'm looking at like in my box like it's all the 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 hue is is rusted or dark colored patina but he's like what whatever man that they bite it you know i caught the hell out of the uh the striper just uh, a month ago on that Mm. On a scrounger head with a fluke. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That didn't show up on your YouTubes, bro. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> now, holding out on us. Uh -huh. What's the reason? Um. So, was do you there... want to get into the trivia question now? Or... <laughs> was there Was there a bikini girl in the shop? No. Why, come why, on, Pete. How dare you? No, nah, I was out with uh, I was out with Buddy Ed Bassmaster the one night and. Uh, <laughs> And South Philly Fred the night before that, but it was secret it, operations. Yeah, secret ops. The secret operations. <laughs> no spot burning. BTC's always got some secret operations. No, no spot okay. burning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give away some stuff. What right. do we got? Where is cool. Yeah, we got uh we got two things going out. So the first question that we're gonna throw out is gonna be for the grand prize. Um we'll give some give the folks at home some time to Try and figure this one out. It's going to be a little tricky. Uh, and then while we're waiting for the answer for that, I'll queue up the Facebook like and share. Um, but so the uh, the question for the grand prize trivia is going to be, in the first episode of City Limits, what was the trailer that Mike was using on his scrounger head? What was the trailer? What was the swim bait that Mike was using on his scrounger head in the first episode of City Limits? I wouldn't. Say swim bait. What was the plastic? What was the plastic? Yeah. What was the bait? What, what was the bait of choice on the back guess, of the yeah. scrounger head? Yes. Hey, can I guess when the right answer comes in? I'm not looking at the message. I, I, you can text I me. I guess too. And yes, you can I guess can? before Riz gives the answer away. <laughs> okay. I would like to guess. Let me know when I can guess. You could. You could okay. text it to me. All right, I'll text it to BC. BTC. We need specific what the bait was, guys. Specific. I have a guess too. So we all we all if go I ahead. Get that right, uh, the mic. You what? Nah. I said get that right. I'm gonna drop the mic. Nope. Hang it. Nope. Negative. 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 It was a good guess. I guessed sassy shad. Yep, and that no, was not that it. wasn't my guess. I got a I got a different guess. All right. Before you know, we give the answer away, so the original was, uh, swim bait. Well, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to give it away, but like, just like Solomon said, it's it's a straight tail application. Sure. You know? Here's your hint, John McGraw. Got it. No, that's your hint. Let's see. John designed the stones, Jay. Yes. I don't know if you would he want to say what. Designed, he also designed the discontinued and still voracious fish catcher, 
and I'm not going to give you guys the answer. It begins with the letter B. Oh. No. No, it doesn't. Or does it? Not B. Not B. Or does it? No, this is one of Ike's favorite trailers of all time, people. I cannot believe you Ike fans on here haven't got this. Come on. I don't know that you got it, JK. I, I guess I you might be mistaken. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him another uh uh text message. Man, this is crazy though he's got it. All right, BTC, I just texted you. Did I get it? Negative. This is hey. way this is way before that. All right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, while we're waiting on that, because I think it might take a minute, they they've been working on this for a while. I'm gonna go ahead and cue out the uh, Facebook, the uh, Facebook like and share, and uh, tonight's Facebook like and share winner is Dustin Blake Penland. Congratulations, Dustin yeah. Blake Penland! You won yourself fifty dollar prize pack to all right, all right. from uh, our guy Ryan Salzman at True Bass yes. Swimbaits. Yeah. And I still have hey, not seen. Hey, hey. It's a discontinued right bait. Yep. For people uh, guessing over there, it's a discontinued bait. Oh, I, and I, know it's, right. I, I think I have it right. I think you do, Pete. Yeah. I got, is that really the first fish that he caught? Him? Yes. Oh, on that show? That's crazy. It might have been the second fish, too. Let, let, I'll give another hint. It is, um, it is oddly similar to Ike's new bait. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's true. And the you know and and uh, there's a a main heck yeah guys for guys thinking don't guess little minnows and all that stuff it's totally not (laughs) not at all the shape you're looking for with this this is so far out in left field (laughs) the I love I love the answer banjo minnow no (laughs) that's not it. In fact, I think it's a miracle I caught this thing on a scrap. Ah, it's mad. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it, but but it but but it's just it's the profile of the bait, right? And over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Same answer. <laughs> it's it's the profile. It's like it's like a you know round bodied chad. Oh, this is I like I, I like Wolf of Walmart's guess the big Joshy pork chunk. No. You but got, it's a good guess. Got the B part right. <laughs> and over and over and the over. The cane thumper, the pork chunk, the Berkeley shaky head, but, but, ham with plastic on but, it. But, 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 but. If you want to get rid of somebody, run through the face over and over and over and over <laughs> and over and over and over. Come on, somebody on the message board has to know this hint. Come on. I will say this. Devil Spear. That's a good guess, Lee. Devil Spear. That's not it. That's what I guess because I like to use that as a trailer, put it on Chatterbait. He did a lot of stuff. But but JK, what's a scrounger head do? Just this like little wobble side to side. It's not like a tight wobble either. It's just kind of like a rolling wobble. Yes. Right? Good. Uh, Nice. But I'm guessing he took that bait and rigged it like this. Correct. Which also doesn't make sense because it gets so thick where the hook point comes out so but to me it's like, this isn't efficient at all it worked oh <laughs> it, no it, it fit the bait right 
It's a smaller really? size, yeah. Yeah, fit it, fit it nice. This is before my time. Was I even fishing back at this point? Nah, you were still watching Scooby Doo. Okay. I'm looking at the answers come in, and they're mm-hmm. they're so awesome, but not yeah. none are correct okay. so far. All right. Well, half apparently our viewers weren't even born at wow. this time, so. We can go to a second question and abort this. No, come on. Somebody's going to get this. Come on. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Come on. Wow. I don't know that you're going to get it. This is this is the greatest. Pete, I'm giving. I'm basically giving it away. So while we're waiting for that next week's show, we have a guest lined up. J.K., your buddy, our buddy. Freaking Alabama Mike that lives in Texas makes no sense, but um, <laughs> is Mike coming? No, he's uh, Dickie Newberry. Oh yeah, yeah. Dickie's a legend out at Rayburn. Dickie Thorn. They, they were, they were just there. Actually, he fishes the Tackle Warehouse tour, and I think he got a top twenty, top oh, fifteen. Is that right? Out at yeah, just missed the top ten cut. Yep. Out at Rayburn, but he's got some insane stories. Possibly one of the greatest lipless crankbait um, fishermen of all time. But he might not even be the best lipless crankbait fisherman on the show. We're going to have to have bring out the old Bashu battle with the lipless crankbaits. Because I know Pete's, Pete's, of course, the lipless. I'll put lover. GDP up against Pete. After the beating he put on me this year, no offense, Pete. No offense. You haven't taken. We haven't thrown a, you know, lipless in the boat with you. But Greg invited me. All right, we might have to go to the backup question here. This is getting crazy. No, I love. I love this. The wolf of wolf of Walmart said Seattle Seahawks flash in the pan. No, that's not it. This is this over and over and over and over and over and over. Come on, somebody's got to get that reference. BB Cricket. It's not that. This may be the greatest question ever. <laughs> the greatest trivia question ever, BTC. It is so Stefan, are you still on the message board? You should know my reference. <laughs> Come on. Somebody's got to get this. So Dickie Newberry next week, right? John, John McGraw doesn't trigger any response. Well, Johnny's, Johnny's inside the group. What if he's on Facebook still? At any rate, what else we got? What's coming up? What's coming up is we're going down to the elite tournament at the St. John's River. Mm-hmm. So, guys. Oh, we got a winner. Paulie B. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off, Pete. The Berkeley Powerbait Beast. The Beast. Seattle Seahawks. Beast mode. Run through somebody's face over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> That deserves a slow clap, my friends. Come on. <laughs> Pauly B. Is that Pauly Batters? If it is, let me know, man. God, power, oh my is that God. power bait, Paul? Mm-mm. Is that power bait, Paul? No, I think, this is, I think this is uh, Northeast Maryland, Paul. We might be neighbors soon, by the way, Paul. Pauly B. <laughs> Pauly Batters. Yeah. That was great. It, 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 was, it was immense. What a great answer. Congrats on on winning that <laughs> prize. I mean, that was that was the best question ever. It stumped everybody. God, I and hope it's what? true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, nobody can find that episode and prove me otherwise. But yeah, we're gonna need to fact check that. BTC. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. 
love it. I know the bait and the bait and the and the rig. He must have been in tinker mode when when he did that. There's no way he ever had a just smashing on the scrounger-headed Berkeley beast. I I I just don't believe it. That doesn't look that bad, dude. It's you know the. I'm sure it looks good. I mean, it looks. But the but but JK the bait. I mean the I mean it's the size size of a rattle trap. You know, it's two two three quarter three inches long. The bait's like that. That same round shape and the tail's like. It's a bluegill profile. Yeah, it or, really is. Or it's a um, alewife. No, uh, threadfin, right? Threadfin, mm. right? That's what's running what about, up in the Schuylkill, Pete. Threadfin. You see a lot of them. Herring. Yeah, I don't know. We don't have threadfin up here. It's too cold. Well, you know. <laughs> Shout out to. Rounders and tin cups. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's shaped like a rattle trap, that's what it is. You know, the round ones. <laughs> Those baits that swim by to pretending to be a rattle trap. Yeah, and when there's a whole school of them, it looks like a, a disco party. <laughs> they just kind of flash in the water. Uh, you know the guys. Love it. All right. I do. Is there anything else that we're giving away tonight, guys? God, that's it. We, we hit them all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you, BTC Riz. Thank you. Uh, JK, thanks. Great pros panel. Uh, thanks for all our great guests, Michael, Neil, and and Mr. Salzman. Going to have you back to finish up our swim bait conversation real soon. And thanks, guys, for watching. Uh, you know, get yourself subscribed if you're not there yet. We have a 60-day uh, free trial still going on. So go get yourself signed up if you haven't done that yet. I know all you guys have. Great guesses. Thanks, everybody, on the IM board. Great hanging out with you and uh, and enjoying all this great, you know, bass fishing talk and conversation. So we will be back next week, right, BTC? Yeah, we're back next week. Yep. We are back next week. I'm, actually, I'm not back next week. I, I won't be here. Rich is, is running the show and uh, yep. with you guys, but I've got something my son's playing in a concert that I'm going to, but, you know, Wait. yeah. But we're gonna roll what's out he, to what's a clip. Uh, All South Jersey Orchestra. He's uh, like first chair. Yes, first chair in the bassoon. Yeah. Hey! So this is this is a five piece that they selected out of that, the uh, wind ensemble, chamber. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. I want hey, you know, maybe, maybe it can be the uh, the sign out music for next. Uh, you know, the next time you're on the next show. Yeah, we actually had him come in on like live one time and do like do some played that crazy interest instrument yeah yeah it's pretty cool kids talented it's cool yeah hey I, I left out one of our pals off the list uh, i forgot to write him down when he texted me back our old pal lee livesey oh big biggest fish ever 10.01 in a tournament where a 10 pound even it was one of those big bass tournaments at fork a 10 pound even would have won him sixty thousand more dollars, and he Ooh. he weighed in a ten point oh one. Oh my god! And he, he caught it on drop shot cinco. Wait wait oh wait! So he didn't win because it was ten oh one. No, he he didn't win the extra like there was like this extra Insane. bonus if you caught. But it was just the tournament oh. that he weighed in overs. And then he only won like a thousand bucks because somebody beat him out for the biggest overall uh, bass that what they won like a new Ranger 
you know, 21 footer. Wow. It was a cool story, but he caught on a drop shot. So well, who's know. laughing now, right, Lee? <laughs> I said, stop it. I don't believe you. You drop shot. <laughs> and sure enough, caught on a drop shot. About it. It's awesome. Pete, we're going to roll out to your fish that you got hung up in the tree at Champlain video. Again. Again. <laughs> Is that okay. on YouTube? Huh? Say what? Is that on YouTube? Uh, it's on Bass You Live. Somebody sent it to me. I hadn't seen it yet. Oh, really? Well, hang in there. Watch it. Watch, watch it now. We captured that sucker, the lunker of the tournament. It was not a 10 pounder. It was merely 5.7, but it was awesome uh, for me that day. Yeah. So, hey, thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. Back next week. New Bash You Live. Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Good night. Good night. Jeremiah. I'm going to say sorry, everybody. I started at the wrong spot. I'm going to try again. And here we go. Right there. And begin. <laughs> oh, dude, we got him! Dude, we got him! That was holy crap! That, that, that was patience and freaking. Dude, that's a five, right? Yeah, that's a five all day. Dude.